1: If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: Here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, I am George Reister with Aaron Torres, and we are sitting in for Doug today. We're going to keep the seat warm, keep the takes hot, and also make, you know, uh, give you something to think about. Aaron, man, just saw you yesterday, man. Happy to be back with you.
6: I am happy to be back with you. And yes, how fitting, first of all, we hope everything's okay with Doug, but how fitting, This week of deception and maneuver. People tune in to listen to Doug and they get George and Aaron, man. Happy to do it again with you.
5: Yeah. So, speaking of the deception and what people are thinking and all of that, um, we, over the last, you know, 24 hours, we've heard a lot about what the San Francisco 49ers plan to do with their number three pick because they have already, so they traded up from number 12 to number three with the Miami Dolphins and then the Miami Dolphins then traded from three to six with the Philadelphia Eagles. So that trade was significant because the 49ers gave up multiple first round picks. And so they better be right with this pick. And now we find out from Albert Breer, Peter King, Ian Rappaport, who are all very connected into sports, they're insiders, all of this. And here's a quote from Ian Rappaport on Twitter. As the 49ers close in on their decision of which quarterback to take at number three, sources say they are down to two prospects. And the belief is those are Bama quarterback, Mac Jones and North Dakota State, Trey Lance. Several sources say the focus does to appear to have shifted to those two. And my initial reaction is, is for the Trey Lance, because he's more speculative, right? He's a guy who people are saying, yo, he has every single, um, he has every single characteristic that you want out of a starting quarterback. Uh, they think he's a little bit raw, all, all, all of these things, which makes sense for them to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is quote unquote, still in their 2021 plans. But then when you think about, okay, they moved up to get him, that makes sense potentially for a speculative prospect, but not to mortgage your future for it. And then the thing that makes no sense to me, Aaron, is moving up to number three. For Mac Jones, he would have been likely available at number 12, and he's not enough of a transcendent talent in terms of arm talent, mobility, any of the things that you actually want out of your starting quarterback in today's new NFL, he's the anti-that. He's more Tom Brady built or uh, Phillip Rivers in terms of mobility and all that than he is a quarterback who starts in the NFL now. So, Aaron, it makes no sense to me.
6: Yeah, well, it doesn't really make sense to me either. And let me put it this way, George. Let me ask you a question is it possible that this is all just more smoke from San Francisco? Because the way that I look at it is this. Let's just take the last two weeks, okay? Because I was in – well, I was in Vegas about two weeks ago, and at that point, Mac Jones had gone from the prohibited favorite to be the number 3 overall pick back to Justin Fields. It was originally Justin Fields, then Mac Jones, then back to Justin Fields. Last week, it was back to Mac Jones, and now it's Mac Jones to Trey, Trey Lance. And so – I look at it and I just wonder are the 49ers just doing everything that they can to send out as many mixed signals as possible and I'll throw this out to you too George let me ask you so we talked about this yesterday we were on Fox Sports Sunday I don't think I don't think it's likely but I don't think it's absolutely inconceivable that the Jets at the last minute throw a curveball and take someone other than Zach Wilson. And so my question is, how can you be down to two quarterbacks definitively if we're not totally 100% positive that one of those guys is going to be available? It just feels like a lot of smoke to me coming from the 49ers. They're just trying to throw everybody off their scent.
5: Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. And maybe that's because um, the, the Jets, when... When when uh, Fields, Justin Fields, had his second pro day at Ohio State, the entire Jets organization was there, like all of the important decision makers. Sure. But if you had already thrown your chips in with Zach Wilson, everybody doesn't need to go. You got to have some people go just to do your due diligence and make sure everybody show, shows up. But you don't need everybody there. And so I think that that's noteworthy as well because you can't ignore the fact that people have spent so much time on this, and then there's the and then there's the idea that so everybody said they believe that Zach Wilson is going to be the number two two pick. All right, okay let's let's go along with that. But then there's the aspect of why trade up for Mac Jones. But then here is the the other thing when you look at. Justin Fields, he has been pretty much the number two player his, in his class his entire life. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has been number one coming out of high school, and so has Justin Fields been number number two. And then you look at the how long they've dealt with that fame, how they have dealt with it publicly, because a lot of people crumble when they get that sort of constant media attention, even in the short term, but when you consider that he's been dealing with it in the long term for years upon years, right, that is notable. And he dealt with the pandemic. His coach was out. Yes. Uh, multiple. His offensive line was out a lot of times. There was a lot that he had to deal with that people aren't giving him credit for. They're just, and then he helped get the Big Ten back. So, so the, so they're like, Oh, well his decision making on some of this process and all it it doesn't, I'm not buying it at, at, at all because you can't tell me that a dude can't play ball and he went out and has done what he did in high school, what he's done at college. And you tell me, all right, yeah, that some other fly-by-night dude who has one off good season, that he's supposed to be ahead of him. How about now?
6: Well, and it's funny because these are a lot of the points that I've brought up on my Saturday show, which is that th- there's this notion that Justin Fields was so much worse this year than he was last year. Well, first of all, the most important, may, probably the most important stat for a quarterback, completion percentage, uh, it was actually up this year. Now, interceptions were also up. I will not argue that. But as you said, and as I've argued on my Saturday show for weeks, uh, Ryan Day missed a game because of COVID. Uh, the Big Ten Championship game uh, uh, against Northwestern, Justin Fields was without several of his top playmakers. There was a game where his entire offensive line was out. So there were legitimate reasons for Justin Fields to have struggled. Let me throw another kind of curveball at you, George, because I'm curious for your perspective as a former player. Um you know, you mentioned the idea that I think we all agree with, or a lot of us agree with, the idea of: Did you really trade up to number three for Mac Jones? But here's my other question: I understand that Kyle Shanahan, they're coming off a Super Bowl. Nobody's like on the hot seat or anything, but this is kind of like a, 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 you kind of got to nail this pick, right? We, we, you put all the chips in the middle on Jimmy Garoppolo. It didn't work out, but he still got to a Super Bowl. But it's clear that he's not going to be the long term answer the next next six, seven, eight years. If you pass on Matt, if you pass on Justin Fields or even Trey Lance for Mac Jones, who I think pretty much everybody universally agrees that his ceiling is lower than probably all four of the other draft prospects—Zach Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance—you take Mac Jones and either Trey Lance or Justin Fields balls out, you're going to have a lot of questions to answer down the road, aren't you, George?
5: Dude, this is a potential like firing like you you are putting your career on the line with this pick if you draft Mac Mac Jones at number 3 because you traded up so the dolphins sent the number 3 overall pick in exchange for the 12th overall pick and a 2022 third round pick and First round picks in 2022 and 2023. So you traded your first round pick in 2022 and 2023. um, And a third round pick. The interesting part about these draft picks is this. That people, I don't think that fans always necessarily calculate into it. Is first round picks are really, really good, right? But the lower that you get in in the round, the quote unquote value of those picks in terms of trade value goes down. So if you're the 49ers and let's say the 49ers are a middle tier team like they were this last year, then those first round draft that for that 2022 first round draft pick is going to be around 12, 12 to 14, somewhere around there. And, but if the 49ers are bad, which is not likely that they'll, that they'll be one of the worst teams in the NFL, considering that, last year Jimmy Garoppolo was very injured for the most of the year and you had them lose a number of starters to injury as well and then they still were able to finish a, a what seven seven seventy nine eight eight and eight like that means that okay that no matter what Kyle Shanahan is a good enough coach to get them around a five hundred roster so when you're looking at Trading first round draft picks, you have to kind of project out where the team is going to be, because if you think the team is going to stink, uh, then those team, then those picks are very valuable. Hence the uh, Houston Texans trading away that that Laramie tonsil trade that Miami made with them. That's the gift that keeps on giving.
6: Absolutely. And so to me, uh, so to go back to the, the basic genesis of the question, and it's something you and I discussed a lot again on Fox Sports Sunday yesterday, I don't get why, why Justin Fields is falling. I really don't. I, I don't get this idea. You know, I saw when we were coming on, you know, ju- uh, Colin Cowherd and, and Peter Schrager did a mock draft, and I know they're just speculating. You know, they're just going off the information that's out there. So by no means am I criticizing either of those guys. But in their mock draft, which I was listening to on the way in here uh, to the Fox Sports Radio studios, Justin Fields fell into the. Double-digit picks, as in beyond number ten, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, past the Cowboys at number ten, and so I'm only bringing it up to say I don't understand it. I really don't. Well, go
5: here ahead. here's the thing: I I don't see a scenario. Okay, so let, let let's just go through the possible picks, right? So, assuming that Trev, Trevor Lawrence was safe bet at number one, then if Zach Wilson goes number two, and then if Justin, I'm sorry, then if uh Mac Jones is drafted. Actually, I'm not even gonna do that because it's it's not possible in, in my mind. Let's say <laughs> okay. Trey Lance goes number three. Atlanta's not drafting Mac Jones. So, and and let's assume that, that there are aren't any any more trades. Atlanta's not drafting Mac Jones. But they and Trey Lance is already off, off the board. So if you're Atlanta then Justin Fields becomes a real possibility because now you can let him sit and learn, too. But well, let's say that Atlanta doesn't draft a a uh, quarterback. Then you got Cincinnati. They're not drafting a quarterback. Miami's not drafting a quarterback. Detroit, because of financial considerations with, Je- uh, with Jared Goff, they're not trading a quarterback. They're not picking a quarterback. Now here comes Carolina and Denver. Uh, Carolina just traded for... Uh, for Sam Darnold. So the idea that they could take, they could take, and they still have, um, and they still have Teddy Bridgewater under contract. So I guess they could make a move if they were to make a trade for one of those quarterbacks too. And then you got Denver, who Denver's the team that could draft it, but then uh, after that, there's not going to be a quarterback taken at least until 12 with with Philadelphia if they were to draft. So I just don't see a scenario where Justin Fields falls to 12. I think that all this quote-unquote fall talk is hyperbole, and truthfully, when you're drafting players, it's not always the best players that get drafted highest. It's based upon team need as well.
6: Absolutely. So to wrap, do you, so you just said something. You just do not believe and cannot believe that Mac Jones will go number four, number three overall to San Francisco. Nope. Is that correct? Okay, go.
5: Ahead. No, I, I do
7: not believe it at all. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
8: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh,
7: my! Look
8: at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card
0: member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat a slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six
8: See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos.
5: Here on the Doug Gottlieb show. Obviously, I'm not Doug Gottlieb. Much, much more handsome and a much better voice. Now, Whoa, I'm just joking shots around. fired. Goodness. <laughs> now, I'm George Reister on with Aaron Torres. We're sitting in for, for Doug, hoping everything is good with, uh, with, with, with him today. But um, we were talking about players in the draft and whether we would draft them. But you guys, for the very best NFL draft coverage, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio throughout the first round of the draft on Thursday. Catch the NFL's best information man, Jay Glazer, draft analyst Bucky Brooks, and former number two pick LeVar Arrington, and Fox's Kevin Burkhart, as they'll be live through the first round, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. They'll have pick-by-pick um, predictions and reactions to all 32 first round picks. That's Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern with Jay Glazer, Bucky Brooks, LeVar Arrington and Kevin Burkhart right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio Radio app. So some of those guys who are going to be drafted, though, are players who have opted out, opted out of the 2020 seasons for whatever reason. We're talking about guys like Panay Sewell, Micah Parsons from. Penn State, Greg Rousseau from Miami, and Jamar Chase from LSU, the wide receiver. And we've seen mock drafts where Jamar Chase and Sewell are top five picks or top seven picks. And pretty much all of them except Rousseau Rousseau within the top ten. And so it doesn't seem from the insiders that there seems to be any trepidation or fear with drafting players who who opted out, even though from the outside people have questions. But for, for me, Aaron, I don't really have questions like everybody else has.
6: Yeah, I think as long as you're comfortable with the talent that the player has, I don't think there should be because it's easy now in whatever it is, end of April, early May to criticize, oh, how do you leave your team? How do you-? it was a it was a different world back in July, August, September. I think the other thing we have to consider is there were legitimate reasons for some of these guys to opt out. I mean, Caleb Farley. I know it's been well documented at this point, but very tragically, and it's not anything to make light of. You know, his mother passed away a few years ago, and I think he was afraid of, hey, could I catch this virus and give it to my father? You know, I don't want to lose both parents in a in a short amount of time. And so, there were legitimate reasons for most of these guys. Now, listen, I think it's it's the NFL team team's job to do due diligence in terms of getting to the bottom of why everyone opted out, make sure that it's not a, well, he just doesn't love football that much reason. But I think when you get to this level and this level of success, chances are pretty good. You probably like football and chances are probably pretty good. You have a legitimate reason uh, to have opted out out of this season.
5: Well, see, see, the thing is, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that people in the NFL love football so much. They they love it and they like it. But then there's a lot of people as well that don't really that that play and play extremely well simply because it's their job. They like the money. They like the fame. They like other things, not necessarily football so much. I think that that is one of the things that you do have to pay attention to when it comes to. Um, you, you you know, people saying, oh, this guy loves football so much. But for me, with the guys who opted out, if Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase were my son, see, she so has to remember this, that there is an economic decision behind all of this, is that during the pandemic, we didn't know at the point in time that they opted out pretty much anything. So then if my son is surefire top five, top 10 pick, I'm wrapping him up in bubble wrap just like they did. And we're going to rip it back open during the NFL draft because this is an opportunity. They've already proven enough on film to be top 10 picks. So why am I going to then put myself at risk and my head start in life? Because remember, these are economic decisions. This is a head start for these young men's life, an opportunity to change their future. Their family's future, but 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 oh man, no that that guy got to go play. Nah, yeah right. You would not do the same thing with your son either.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: Man, listen, I do believe that. Baker Mayfield saw a UFO. A UFO does not mean that there are aliens on board. It means an unidentified flying object. He Something was flying in the air. He couldn't identify it. That's an unidentified flying object. That's about as far as I go with that. And you guys are here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm George Reister with Aaron Torres sitting in for Doug today. And now we're joined by pro football focus analyst and former NFL quarterback Bruce Bruce Gragkowski, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, thanks for having me. So with the first talk that we've heard over the last couple days about the number three pick is that the 49ers have made up their mind. It's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance and that Justin Fields is supposedly tumbling down the draft boards. And for me, Bruce, I cannot make sense of why the 49ers would trade up to number three to pick Mac Jones when he probably would have been there at 12 had they not moved.
10: Well, you know, and that's a good point. And sometimes I look on the other side though. I mean, I, I know our guys at PFF and Steve and Sam and them, I've, I've talked to them and you know, they believe the same in a sense, like why give up so much draft capital when, when a guy maybe, you know, hit a ceiling or something and, in but the the thing I think about is why give up that much if you don't if you can't trust who you are gonna pick so sometimes it it comes back to I know the Giants didn't move for Daniel Jones, but when you know you have a guy that you could see being your franchise for the next decade or longer, why even hesitate? You know we know how hard it is to find that franchise quarterback to find the the, the The guy that can lead the offense, so sometimes in my mind, look, I don't blame him if it is Mac Jones, but then you do, you do have to wonder, you know, with a guy like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and the upside the upside they have working in Kyle Shanahan's offense, man, Trey Lance could turn into something special. you know, I just have some concerns about his accuracy. I think he does a great job getting through progressions. He's a big, strong guy, he's athletic. he can make plays with his legs. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, so that's, what's going to make this so fun to watch. I keep watching these guys, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, you know, Mac Jones and and trying to see who would I, who, who I would end up picking, but I think they all bring something unique to the game. I think they all can eventually be successful and we have to remember too, they're not a finished product. So it's going to be about where they go and, and who's coaching them and how they can take the next
6: step. Bruce, so you obviously played in the league for a very, very, very long time. I want you to kind of take off the draft analyst hat and just put on your, uh, you know, your lifetime of playing quarterback hat. How much do you feel or do you feel that Trey Lance was hurt by basically not playing like this year? Like, like go back to your career. You're entering the league. You played one game in the entire calendar year in the lead up to you entering the NFL. Just how concerned or is or should there be a concern about Trey Lance just with his actual on the field experience?
10: Well, I think from, you know, my perspective, if if I'm in Trey Lance's shoes, because we all have, we all are overconfident in ourselves. That's why we're able to make it as far as we do in the NFL at times. You know, I probably wouldn't have worried myself. I would have said, hey, no, I can adjust. Like, I'm ready for it. But I think looking from the other side and going through the experience myself is looking at it now thinking, yeah, that year would have helped. But I think no matter what, there's always a transition period. The game is so much faster in the NFL. The windows on throws close that much quicker. The pocket is just tighter every time you go to throw. And guys are on top of you. So uh, those, that will all be an adjustment, whether he played a season or not. I think he has ability. Uh, yes, we would have loved to have seen him play more because that, that game he played this year, the only one he had, he pressed. He tried to do too much. And I remember my senior year trying to do too much, feeling like I had to be someone I wasn't to impress scouts, to impress and try to go to the NFL. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be a transition period for all these quarterbacks. Look, I'm watching you know tape on Trevor Lawrence today, and I'm seeing some poor decision-making, seeing him being late on throws when the throw to me is wide open. But now at the NFL, it's going to be that much tighter. you got to process it and make that much quicker of a decision, and that's what makes the transition that much harder.
5: Um, we're on with Bruce Gratkowski, pro football focus analyst and former NFL quarterback. Bruce, um, the idea, though, that when that the Jets have kind of cleared their quarterback deck – For whoever they're going to draft at number two, same kind of thing with the Jaguars for the most part as well. So Trevor Lawrence and presumably Zach Wilson will be day one starters. Like, what do you think about the idea that quarterbacks should sit early? Because we saw last year, obviously, Burrow played really well. So did Justin Herbert. He played fantastic, but then Tua seemed like a guy who, although it he was very accurate, he was kind of hesitant to throw into some of those tight windows. What do you What do you think about quarterbacks sitting like they used to versus being forced into action now?
10: You know, it, it's definitely a different time, right? I mean, you draft a guy number one overall, number two, number three. I mean, you're expecting them to come in and make an immediate impact. Um, because the game is much younger, you know, than when I was playing. And look, I I, pl- I started 11 games as a rookie. And that was the year after Big Ben rolled with the Steelers. And there was some momentum in a sense of, or, you know, no, you didn't see rookie quarterbacks a lot, right? Unless you were like that top pick. And I played 11 games. And I'm thankful for that because I learned great football from John Gruden. I, I got a lot of good experience and that helped propel me for my career. But when I look back, too, yeah, it would have helped. It would have helped if I could have sat a couple years and saw how the game was played, built my confidence up in practice in the preseason during OTAs and continue to get better. But I think there's nothing better than being thrown in there and have you know, the bullets flying and trying to learn on the fly, adjust on the fly, and get used to the speed of the game. That's how you'll take that massive step forward. Uh, so I think for all these quarterbacks, even Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's going to go to – Jacks is going to try to learn that offense. Look, Gardner Minshew might start early on if he can't, you know, if he's, you know, not grasping the offense of what they're asking him for. Do but you got to assume Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy, Zach Wilson's going to be the guy, and then what the Niners do the number three pick. They're saying Jimmy G's still there, but who knows? He could get tra- uh, traded during the draft. So that makes this draft so exciting to watch, though. So I really can't wait. To see how it unfolds, I can't wait to see what happens with the Atlanta pick. You know, do they surprise people, or do they trade out of it and someone else trades up? So it'll be fun to watch.
6: Bruce, sounds like you've been watching a ton of tape here the last few weeks. Is there one guy, not necessarily that you believe will fall, but just when you turn on the tape, you just are not as impressed, you don't see, or at at the very least you have concerns? I don't want you to go overly critical on a guy, but that you have some concerns that maybe aren't being talked about right now?
10: Well, the thing that's so tough is, uh, like, we were talking to Lance Erline last week on NFL radio on my show. And, um, you know, he's like, man, I think my best evaluations are, are right after the season when I'm not hearing noise. And I feel like that's what happened to me. You know, I grade all these throws for PSF, uh Every single pass in the NFL, I have to grade every weekend uh, during the season. For college, I always oversee the top guys. So I'm watching Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, all season long. And I just, there was something about Fields like, you know, I, I wasn't buying in, right? And then there was the Clemson game, and I loved it because I'm just a fan of football, and especially quarterbacks. I want to see them all succeed. But that Clemson game, I, I loved it because I'm I'm a guy that leans more on that gritty, tough-nosed guy, great locker room guy, going to fight through things, going to be a great teammate and everything like that. Uh, But when I saw him playing against Clemson, I loved it. I loved it, and that's where I kind of was like, you know what, I like this guy. Uh, But I would say Justin Fields at some points during this year, I was kind of concerned because it would be a a concept I've ran in my career plenty of times, a spot concept, very simple, easy read. And I'm not saying he can't do it, but a lot of times with young quarterbacks, even in in the NFL now, you'll see Bill Burrow, you'll see Tua, it's like, what are your eyes seeing? What are you looking at? Are you trying to see too much? Drew Locke. If you try to see too much, you're going to try to do too much. Now you're going to be late. You're not going to play decisive. And that's where it's training your feet and your eyes to work together, your rhythm, your footwork, and be on time. And and so a few things for, from Justin Fields, that's what I see, is just not operating a simple concept, uh, but I'm also not – really in the in the meeting room i'm not sure how he's being coached and taught and, and so forth like that uh but i i would say that was my concern going through this a little bit but i think each and every guy has some great qualities i mean justin fields man the way he could throw the football downfield he, he's he got a huge arm and the way he can run the football so he can really make an offense that much better day one if a coaching staff can you know construct this offense around his skill set so there's like and that's what each and every guy they have their you know some concerns but they also all have some upside so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to see how they transition and where they end up going in the draft
5: uh Bruce I, the guy that I'm concerned about because is Zach Wilson and that's because, I granted, he can make all the throws. He's got tr- tremendous arm talent, but it's something about how he carries himself. And it remind, and then you you hear reports, the same things that they said negatively about Josh Rosen. Like you you you, you got to have all the answers. He's got to be coached a certain way. You know, all of all of these things, all of those things we're hearing about Zach Wilson, and also he's got so much freaking quarterback face. Like he looked, I mean, it's insane how much quarterback faces do. If Disney were casting a movie uh, uh, about a and a football movie, he would be the guy. He would be like Zac Efron, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't believe it. It's too much for me. It's like too good to be true, Bruce. Yeah,
10: man, he's he's like sunshine, right? I mean, he he's got the look. He's going to be in New York. Uh, You know, we'll see. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, for, for Zach Wilson, just watching him on the field, because that's a thing I wish, too, I would get to know these guys before the draft because I'm, I'm a guy, too, that believes uh, more on the off-field stuff. Of course, Cal, these guys have enough ability and enough talent on the field. I'm talking about off-the-field type stuff I'm a big advocate of um, and so forth like that. But I think Zach Wilson, talk about on the field, he's just very fluid. He's just very natural, instinctive. He makes instinctual plays all the time. And that's one thing that you can't coach. You know, it's just navigating a screen pass, figuring out how, how to get that play started. And I think that's what's fun to watch about Zach Wilson, that he just is a natural thrower of the football. And um, I think with that, you could do a lot with that talent. And now you have to kind of, this is where it comes back to his footwork and his, his timing and rhythm, all working in sequence as one, and coaching these guys to fundamentally execute your offense and what your eyes are seeing and how you're going to coach them in that sense. So it'll be fun to watch. But, you know, hey, I think there's concerns with all of them. Um, And Zach Wilson explodes on the scene this year, and we're all sitting here wondering, wait, where did this come? How How are we sitting here right now? And Zach Wilson's number two when we talked about Fields, Trey Lance, all these other guys. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out.
5: You guys, he's Bruce, Gre- Bruce Gradkowski, pro football-focused analyst and former NFL quarterback. Bruce, thanks for coming on the Gottlieb Show today.
7: Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year round. Listen to the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
5: Here on the Doug Gottlieb show, I am George Reister with Aaron Torres and we are sitting in for Doug today, and Hustler Turf Equipment has the most complete lineup of residential and commercial zero turn lawn mowers in the industry. And with over one thousand dealers across the nation, there's a Hustler Turf dealer near you. Visit HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. And uh there's a game that we like to play.
7: This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Isaac, what's today's game?
11: All right, let's find out. What is it? Big deal,
7: little deal, no deal.
11: And we start with some uh, breaking news for you guys to reflect on. The 49ers brain trust, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, holding a Zoom news conference before the draft as we speak. And Kyle Shanahan just said the following, quote, We could have sat there at 12 and waited which quarterback came to us if one did. But we made a decision that we felt we needed to get a starting quarterback by trading up. We wanted to dictate it. We'll get the one that we feel is best for us. Unquote. So Kyle Shanahan basically guaranteeing and confirming that the Niners are going to take a quarterback at number three. Sorry, Jimmy G. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal?
5: This is absolutely no deal At all. I mean, dude, it it was like in other news, water is wet. We knew that you were trading up for a quarterback because there's no sensible reason to trade up to number three for anything besides a quarterback.
6: The only reason I would say it is a big deal is because, as Isaac just referenced, they still have a guy who who believes that he is the starter on the roster. Uh, But it is not. it, It might be a big deal, but it is not a surprising deal. Elsewhere in the NFL,
11: L.A. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert saying, a former Oregon tackle and his former Oregon teammate, Panay Sewell, I'm doing my best to campaign for him. He is an incredible player. Whenever you get a tackle like that in the draft, he can change your program. Always a big fan, and I'm an even bigger fan of the way he is off the field. Now, a quick Caveat. Well, not really a caveat, just in the interest of full di- disclosure. First of all, George Reister is a proud Oregon Duck. So yes, we're sir. talking about two former Ducks here. And uh, for reference, the Charters select at number 13. Justin Herbert's recruiting. Big deal, little deal, or no deal?
5: This is no deal as well because... Panay Sewell will not be available at number 13. And if if he is, then the Chargers should absolutely scoop him up because we've seen that teams that win Super Bowls and get to the playoffs and make deep, deep runs, they, they have one thing in common. They protect their quarterback and they can run the football. So those things you have to have with the Chargers as well. I'll say
6: no deal because what was Justin Herbert supposed to say? It's only a big deal if he says, yeah, I don't really want that guy. Whatever. He was, he was an all right teammate. He was like a B-minus teammate, whatever. Uh, no, he's he's campa- campaigning for his guy who also would protect his blind side. I say no deal at all.
11: A significant group of New England Patriots players showed up for the first day of their offseason program. This, of course, because... It's a situation where it's optional. They don't necessarily need to go because it's optional. And so many teams, including the Patriots across the league, said they weren't going to show up because of concerns about COVID. So a significant group of Patriot players showing up in person. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal?
5: That's a big deal because these dudes are breaking ranks. Um, last year, there was no offseason. Play went off great. Less injuries, all that. It makes sense not to do the offseason like they have done it, but guys want to, who are on the roster bubble want to make sure that they're putting their best face forward so they showed up.
6: Yeah, I, I think it's no deal. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you got to get better in the offseason. I don't know, like, it's just it doesn't feel like very much of a story to me to be honest. <laughs>
7: That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Yo, it's a lot of dudes who claim that they're really with it and people just in general in life. But when it comes down to actually showing up. Sure. When it actually comes down to doing the dirty work, they're (laughs) like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course we won't show up. And then because the league had the PA presented information to the league that there's no reason to do the offseason like they previously had. Games were great. Everything was good. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a no deal. Um, but I got a question. What makes a rivalry great? The Padres fans will swear up and down that they are rivals of my Los Angeles Dodgers, and I will tell you why they are not. I'm George Ricer with Aaron Torres on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Hey everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos.